Welcome to the Savvy Podcasting for Entrepreneurs podcast, a place for podcasters to learn what's actually working in marketing and how to use their podcast to generate leads in their business. I'm your host, Jenny, and I'm so excited that you're here. Hey, Savvies. Welcome back to another episode of Savvy Podcasting for Entrepreneurs. Today, I'm chatting with Krista Miller. Summit in a Box, Krista teaches online business owners to skyrocket their revenue, grow their email list, become leaders, and make mutually beneficial connections through online summits. These aren't summits that leave speakers and attendees feeling gross and taken advantage of. Her method is focused on strong connections, collaboration, and making a difference in the lives of everyone involved. The best part? She makes it easy. With every strategy, copy template, website template, script, tech tutorial, and resources you'd ever need, your summit prep just got a whole lot easier. So I'm super excited to have Krista here today to chat all about her current podcast and her former podcast that she had with a co-host. So let's dive right in. Hi, Krista. Welcome to the show. I'm excited that you're here and I cannot wait to chat all about podcasting with you. So before we dive in, just tell us a little bit about yourself and your podcast and just how you got started with it all. Yeah. So my name is Krista, like you said, and I am the owner of Summit in a Box, where I help online business owners run profitable, visibility boosting, all the good thing online summits. Uh, these, my goal here isn't summits that are like gross and marketing heavy. I want these summits to be really engaging and actually like change people's businesses and not just the people hosting them, but the speakers and attendees, attendees, excuse me, as well. So that's what my focus is on at Summit in a Box. I've been running it for well, about a year and a half now, and it's been a lot of fun. Uh, my podcast is called The Summit Host Hangout, and I talk all about summits on it. So uh, it's a very specific podcast, but uh, I love it. I've been running that since uh, September, so I guess, I don't know, this is me doing math, probably about six months now, uh, and it's been a lot of fun. I did have a podcast before that that I ran for two and a half years. We just shut that down in December because we're my co-host and I are going different directions, so I'm not new to the world of podcasting, but my current podcast is a little newer. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And obviously you really enjoyed podcasting. Otherwise you wouldn't have started a second one. Um, so what kind of made you go for a podcast as your content stream for, um, your summit in a box audience? Yeah. So, so like I said, I started my other podcast in April, 2017 and it grew really well. Like we are currently, you know, there's still a lot of people listening. We're approaching a hundred thousand downloads. So, you know, in my little world, that is great. So I knew what I could do with this podcast. I wanted to start for summit in a box. Uh, but more importantly, I actually don't like writing blog content. I absolutely hate recording videos so podcasting was just what I wanted to do. I really wanted to create content. I feel like that's really important. It's an important part of my business because there's not a ton of content out there right now about hosting summits. So I wanted to make sure I filled that gap. And then another thing that was a really important part of this decision for me was podcast episodes were actually how I wanted to learn when I was planning my first summit. I spent hours like searching Pinterest and Google and all the podcast apps trying to find episodes talking about summits. And I found a few here and there, most of them from, you know, just, just kind of casual business owners who ran a summit and were giving a recap of what it was like for them. But there was such a big gap there. So I knew I could fill that by starting my own podcast. So it was kind of a win-win all around. 
Right. And you're right. There's not a ton of information out there about Summit, at least from what I've seen. I mean, there's some stuff here and there, but like Mm -hmm. as a whole, it's not very um, talked about very often. So I definitely think you're filling a need there. And it's always interesting to listen to your episodes as someone who hosts summits myself. So it's very insightful. Yeah. So what is kind of the format of your podcast? Do you do like a mix of solo and interview or just solo or just interview? And then how often are you putting out new episodes? Yeah. So uh, for both of my podcasts, I've I've done a mix. I definitely want to have solo episodes. I personally don't, I like interviews, but I, I don't tend to like podcasts that are all interviews. I don't know. I just, that's just how my brain works. I want like set strategies. I want to be able to go from like A to Z. So that's, you know, that's the kind of podcast I decided to host for myself. So most of my episodes are solo. Um, and I bring on guests here and there. The way I've been doing it is actually hosting or like doing a series of episodes around a certain topic. For example, um, I, a series all about summit speakers. And at the end of that series, I tend to bring on a guest kind of like as a grand finale for that series. Uh, So that's the way I've been doing that. I like, I really like having that mix. And up until now I've been posting out, putting out two episodes per week. I'm about to drop down to one per week. Now that I have, you know, about 50 episodes out, there's a good backlog. I feel comfortable dropping down to one a week. Yeah, that's how I did it too, um, just to make it so there was a lot of content and then went down to one a week because two weeks is not manageable long term. It's a lot. It really is a lot and it's expensive. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, But yeah, I love that. I love that, you know, solo interviews are always helpful and insightful and people are able to get your expertise and then, you know, guest expertise experts uh, are great too because people can get on the other side of the coin as well. So I think it's good to have a mix. Um, And I always like to know like what people prefer and then, you know, what their format is and all that stuff. So when when it comes to guests for your podcast, do you typically kind of pull from your Summit in a Box community or do you do more external outreach from that? So I always look in my community first. Um, Like, you know, if I have a topic in mind and there's someone in my community who's an expert in that topic, like I'm of course going to grab that person and see if they're interested in. Uh, A lot of times those people will pitch me as well. Uh, You know, people who are in my community, like the podcast, they'll pitch me to be on and I'll work up uh, a series around them so I can fit them in. If there's a topic I want covered where, you know, there's not an expert right within my immediate circle, I will go ahead and do some outreach. But up until now, for this podcast, it's always been someone I'm at least connected to on social media or I've talked to in the past. Um, for my for my previous podcast, we would if we were going to do some outreach to someone we hadn't talked to before, we'd connect with them on social media a little bit, even if it was just commenting on a couple posts to make sure they at least maybe had a little idea of who we are before we went ahead and did that pitch. But we sent cold pitches as well, and it went fine. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. And I feel like with the Summit um, podcast, it's definitely better to have people who you know in that case, because then you know how they're running their summits. Yes. You know it's similar to what you're doing. Um, so you're not like completely like they tell a strategy and you're like, ooh, I don't really agree with that. <laughs> yeah, that actually. Awkward. Yeah, that'd be real weird. <laughs> yeah. So I think I think that's, that's helpful too. And um, that's kind of where I started with mine too. Like when I switched my focus, I was like, okay, I'm going to reach out to people that I know I've talked to before that have podcasts because I know I like what they're doing with their podcast instead of like just cold reaching out to people that I don't really know. And eventually I will get to that point where it's like people I've literally never spoken to. Um, But yeah, I think it's important to kind of go with your inner network first because 
it's easier and you know that they're doing kind of what you want them to be doing. Yeah, exactly. You don't have to wonder. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> what do you feel like is working best in your podcast right now? And you can talk about both podcasts as well if you'd like. Yeah. So I think, yeah, I will talk about both. So my, the Summit Host Hangout, the podcast I have right now, something that's working the best is just the way I have it set up for myself. Uh, and I've made it as easy on myself as possible. And, you know, going from a bigger podcast with a co-host, with all this extra work to being able to make make the process exactly what I want it to be is something I'm so thankful for. So for me, that's, that's doing the themes. So I can pick one theme, brainstorm episodes around those, that theme, and it just makes it so much easier. Also, the only thing I'm responsible for in my podcasting process is identifying the episodes, outlining and recording. After that, I don't touch them. Uh, so that makes it really easy on me as well. And then something I think my audience like that likes that works well for them is the fact that I do really short and actionable episodes. So most of my solo episodes are like 10 minutes or shorter. And it's like, I don't sit and give this fluffy information, go off on tangents, telling stories. It's like all action, uh, all stuff they can put into action right away. So those are some things that are working really well there. I will say like on the growth side, that other podcast I ran was a lot bigger than the one I'm running right now. And I think what worked really well for us was the fact that it was a niche podcast. It was just for designers and the people we were inviting to be on were big in the designer space. So that every time someone we had on talked about being on the podcast, we were getting a ton of new people uh, because we were so specific in choosing our guests. So that's, that's something I'm really glad we did. Yeah. And that makes sense. And I feel like, you know, with, you know, designers, there's tons and tons and tons of designers out there, but not everyone may want to host a summit, at least at this time. Um, so I think you had a bigger pool that way as well. Um, mm -hmm. not just with your guests, but just people who were designers. Um, like it's, it's still niche, but it's not so niche, like your new podcast direction. So yeah. it's definitely different. And I'm, I'm the same kind of boat. Cause like not everyone is a podcaster. Not everyone wants to listen to a podcast about podcasting. So I have noticed myself with like, once I made the switch, my downloads have decreased a little bit, which I was expecting because yeah. it's not new, fresh, different content every single week. It's all about one topic. Um, but yeah, I think it's just kind of what you prefer. And you know, if, you're still getting out content that's good and people like it. It doesn't really matter about your download. Um, yeah. Like that. So yeah, for sure. So now let's go to the other side of the coin. So um, any kind of failures or things you wish you would have done differently with either of your podcast and what did you learn from those? Yeah, I think with starting this new one, uh, I guess a failure I'm saying in air quotes I had was like expecting it to kind of grow on its own, you know, being like, oh, I have one successful podcast that's working and all kinds of people are listening. Starting this new one, it's just going to be easy. Like it might take a couple weeks for it to catch on, but no problem. And boy, was that a reminder of what it takes to grow a podcast from scratch. Um, and like, I think a part of mine with my lower numbers is that a lot of people just read my blog posts because I have word for word transcripts on my blog. We kind of format it to read like a blog post. So I know a lot of people are reading that, but, uh, it was a good reminder and uh, a little humbling to, to realize, you know, just cause you have one thing that's working really well, doesn't mean your podcast is just going to like be on fire right away. 
Yeah, yeah, I can I completely get that, and it's yeah, it's one of those things because you know obviously two different podcasts and one does really well, and you you're kind of like okay, well this one probably will too, and then yeah. you like get into it and you're like oh wait, like it's not taking off as quickly as I hoped, but I think just like with really niche podcasts, it's important to just keep in mind like the people who are listening are super loyal. They're more loyal mm-hmm. than the people who listen to a handful of episodes, but stay subscribed and then never listen to any more, but it's like automatically downloading onto their device every single week, no matter what. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's, you know, those people are a lot more loyal and they're more likely to end up working with you in the future because you've nurtured them so well on that one topic versus like jumping around all the time. Yeah. That's a really good point. Yeah. So that's kind of what I did feel like, okay, like having a lot of topics is great, but like niche topics, like, yeah, I might have a smaller following, but those people are going to be so loyal to you that they're not going to, they're going to want to refer you. They're going to want to work with you. Like, it's just going to be like better in the long run. It just might take a little bit of time to build up. So yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, So do you feel like having like a niche topic podcast makes it harder for you to produce content or easier? Actually, I think it's a lot easier uh, because I know exactly what I'm talking about and who I'm talking to. And I also know, like, I know what they want from me. I know what questions they have. And it's always fitting for me to jump in and talk about those questions. Like nothing ever feels like, oh, that's like off topic or that's random. You know, everything is related to to the topic of my summit. Uh, I've also found that it makes pitching people easier because, you know, people who I pitch, they know if their audience is a part of mine. They know if their audience is interested in hosting summits. Um, so I feel like that makes it makes finding people easier to pitch and it makes their answer easier, whether it is a yes or a no. Uh, and then the last thing I'll say is it's for me, it's been easier to come up with topic ideas. So like for our other podcast, it was for designers. So the, the audience was niche, but the, the topic was not, it was just basically anything we could think of about design businesses. And that's actually a big part of why we ended up closing it down. It's like, we have 95 episodes. I don't know what else to say. And like for this podcast, it's just about summits. I have 95 episode. I, I've, or let's see. I, yeah. The first day I sat down to outline episode ideas, I think I came out with like 88 just the first time I sat down. So like, that's a big part of, you know, it seems so much easier because I don't have to run out of ideas. And I feel like that's a big challenge in producing any kind of content consistently is having those ideas. Yeah, I feel the same way. I was kind of nervous at first when I made the switch. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm going to run out of content. And then like I sat down and planned out like, you know, 52 weeks worth of content in like a one hour. And I'm like, okay, this is not as bad as I thought. But yeah. before I'd be like, who, well, what kind of guest should I have about this topic? And you know, like I felt like I was running low on topics for like that I could personally cover. And then like that my guests could cover because I wasn't sure you know, what was really going to resonate with people because it was kind of just all over the place. Like one week we'd talk about Facebook ads and one week we'd talk about, you know, something else. So I didn't really know what people really loved um, and resonated with. Yeah. And I feel like you just made me like think of something else, like having those really broad uh, podcasts and especially when you're doing interviews, I feel like we run a higher risk then of just having the same guests on that everybody else has. Cause we feel like we have to cover all these general topics that have been covered everywhere else before. And like, eventually it's just not interesting. So when we are able to niche down our, you know, like each of our episodes can be so much more unique and so much more interesting for everybody. 
Yeah, totally. And then with this too, it's like, yeah, people might listen to you guys as individual podcasts, but they don't know the behind the scenes stuff. So it's kind mm-hmm. of interesting like to listen, like, oh, I love this person. And you know, like hearing about their process and like then after the fact, you're like, oh wow, that's all that goes into podcasts. That's crazy. I thought I was just recording and then throwing it up on the internet. <laughs> I wish. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> right. It would make it so much easier. So I know that um, you know your host for your podcast and other things don't really make it easy to know where people are coming from other than like, Oh, they came from Spotify or Apple podcast or whatever. But where do you kind of find that you're getting your listeners from? Is it going to be social media, your email list, your, you know, your little community, um, your guest? um, where do you kind of find that you're getting those downloads from? So I do notice that episodes with guests have, you know, decently high downloads, some of the highest downloads. So I'm guessing some, you know, listeners do, or yeah, some people who listen do always come from my guests, but most of my people right now are coming from my email list and my Facebook group. Those are the two places I'm talking about my episodes every single week. I can see that those, the emails I send at least are getting decent, decent click through rates. So those people are are either reading the transcripts or listening for the most part. Um, And the numbers I see on my podcast line up pretty well with, you know, you know, 10% probably of my email list is clicking over to listen to the podcast episode. Yeah. Yeah. And that's always helpful to look at because, you know, like if you look at, oh, they came from Spotify, great. But like, how did right. they get to Spotify? <laughs> you know, they had to get there somehow. Um, so I, I'm, I'm hoping in the future that our um, hosts platforms can make that easier instead of just saying like Spotify, iTunes, whatever, um, and really say like, okay, they came from Pinterest, but then they listened on iTunes and stuff like having to dig in your Google analytics and stuff. Cause that can be a black hole. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my goodness. Isn't that true? (laughs) But yeah. Yeah. So totally that would be so helpful. So Mm -hmm. when you get those listeners, how do you convert them into clients and customers? I mean, at this point you haven't done that quite yet. That's perfectly fine. But like, what are you doing to nurture them and make them want to become customers. Yeah. So I think the biggest thing uh, is the topics I talk about. I'm, you know, every every single episode I publish is related to what my products and services are about. about. Uh, So I know, you know, that's a part of it. Uh, One thing I'm doing to actively try to get those conversions is I'm promoting opt-ins. So rather than having sponsors or anything, uh, I'm basically my own sponsor. So I am uh, promoting opt-ins at the beginning or end uh, of my episodes. Uh, to get people to my MLS, go through the funnel. And I can see that that does work. We have a special tag that we use on people who come uh, from the podcast. Um, And I can see that I'm getting opt-ins and sales through that, which is nice. Not a ton, but I can see at least that it's working, even with the uh, small listener base I have. Uh, I'll also do casual mentions of my products when it's like super relevant. Like, uh, for example, I had an episode about pitching speakers and I was talking about the pitch template you should use. And I have a pitch template for Summit House. So I, you know, it was really natural for me to say, you can go to this product to get my exact pitch template. Um, something I'll also be trying a little later this year is promoting a challenge. So I'm going to have a, I'm going to do a challenge and pretty big launch in a couple months here. And I'm going to try directly having a, having an episode that goes out just talking about the challenge and getting people to the challenge. And then during the launch, uh, like day one of the launch, I'll have an episode go, go out just talking about the product and maybe like a FAQ episode a couple of days later. And you know, it's worth a try. I'll, I'll see how it goes. Um, for my last podcast, we did that when we launched a three month accelerator program and it actually worked pretty well. We got a couple of clients uh, for our accelerator by talking about it on the podcast. So worth trying again. 
Yeah. And it, I think with the podcast, it's totally about experimenting and I'm curious to see how your results end up panning out for that. So definitely mm-hmm. keep me updated. Yeah. Um, but I just think being your own biggest advocate and being your own sponsor is so much better than yes. having sponsors. I mean, if you have tons and tons and tons of downloads, like you can do pretty well with sponsorships that are external, but I find that people in the business space just don't get that an amount of downloads to where it's worth it. Like, okay, if they're paying you $150 per episode and you post five episodes a month, it's not really worth it yeah. in the long run. So it's just like, you know, it's better to promote your own products and services because then that is going directly to you instead of, you know, just getting $150 or whatever per episode, which is not really that much yes, at all. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just, it's so much better. And then your audience trust you and your products. Yep. They may or may not trust your sponsor that is on 700 other different podcasts. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I'd rather have that continued payoff for my own products than like a one-off tiny payoff from right, right. random company. Exactly. I agree a hundred percent. So once you have those people listening and they're all they're you know, they're there, they listen to a few episodes, how do you keep them coming back for more time and time again? Yeah. So this is kind of tough with my specific podcast because people really only need this content when they're thinking about a summit or actively planning a summit, unless it's one of those rare people who are like knocking out a summit every three months, but those people are very few and far between. So my goal and what I focus on is to get as much, I guess, get as much out of those people as I can, but like more importantly, provide as much for those people as I can during the time where they need my podcast. So that's why I do the short, really actionable episodes because I want them to learn something they can apply and then want to come right back for more for that next thing they're deciding to work on for their summit. I also do the themes. So if someone has a question about a specific topic, let's say speakers, they can find one episode and then it's just like a binge fest because there's like, you know, five other episodes right there based on the exact topic they came to listen and listen to in the first place. So I, I feel like it, it's a little bit harder for me to keep people long term, but I can help them a lot and get a lot out of them while I do have them for, you know, three, four, five months while they're doing their planning. Right. And I mean, I think even people can come back and revisit, like if they're, you know, they hosted their first summit, they're hosting their second one, and then they're making tweaks. And I think Mm -hmm. that can be when they can come back as well, not just like, you know, that three, four, five month period, but also because I know for me, I've hosted several summits and there are little things that I want to tweak every single time. And I'm like, oh, wow, let me see what Krista has to say. (laughs) So yeah, it's something you, it's like, I don't need it all year long, but there are times where I revisit episodes and, you know, take notes and I'm like, okay, let's try and implement this, this go around and see how this goes and stuff. So it's definitely something that people can come back to if they decide to host multiple summits, if they're crazy like us. Um, (laughs) but you know, um, I think, I think it's definitely, um, so you can come back to if they are taking on another summit again. So yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. So what advice would you give someone who's looking to start their podcast, but they just don't know where to even start? So I guess mine would be more around like preparing themselves in making sure they're actually up for what it takes. Kind of like what you hinted at earlier. It's not sitting down to hit record and boom, you have this really cool piece of content that's out into the world and promoted and bringing you all kinds of like audience members or whatever. Like it's a lot of fun. I love it. I'm going to keep doing it, but it's not cheap in terms of like time or money really. So like that would be like 
that would be my advice to someone looking to get started is, you know, think about what goes into it. Not only are you uh, planning out the goal, but you have to uh, outline tons of episodes based on that goal, record them, get them edited, you know, plan out when they're going to go out, produce them, which means like getting them on the website, writing the show notes, doing the scheduling for the post, doing the promotion. If you have guests, then that's a whole new thing you're opening up because you got to find the guests, pitch them, manage them, get them on the calls with you, uh, send them all the promo information. Like there's just a lot that goes on. So it would be, um, you know, make sure you're up for that and get a process in place for yourself before you get started. And there are so many awesome resources. I'm sure you have um, so some good resources for that. So I would t- say take advantage of those things. Yeah, I think I think having a process is really important because a lot of people do come to me to work together and they've been running their podcast for months and months and months and it's been fine, but they have nothing. They come to me and they're like, oh, I don't have like my branding. I don't have anything. So I'm like recreating all this stuff from scratch and like trying to, you know, help them out, um, you know, trying to make a good system so that my editor can edit, my show notes person can write the show notes, and then I can like manage the backend and admin and all that stuff. Um, so it's, it's just kind of crazy. And a lot of people just don't have that in place before starting. And I think it's so important because it's such a big undertaking. Um, if you don't have that, then you're going to quit or, you know, unless you can hire someone out to help with it, it can be relatively expensive, you know, but, um, unless, unless you're going to, if you're gonna do it solo, you need, you need, need, need systems in place. Otherwise you're going to go crazy. And then you're going to like, completely just stop and never pick up the mic again because you got so overwhelmed with like not having enough episodes or trying to edit or whatever you're trying to do. So definitely it's super important to have systems before you even think about putting your podcast out into the world. Yep. That is so true. Yeah. So what is your favorite tool that you use in your business and bonus points here that helps with your podcast? I'm a tool junkie. So I always have to ask this question, no matter if it's relevant to your podcast or not, but if it is bonus points. Oh, I, I had one noted down that I wanted to talk about, but I'm going to talk about a different one because my initial one is going to be Asana because how it helps me organize. But instead I'm going to say repurpose.io because it makes it so easy for me to promote my podcast on all kinds of platforms. Um, So I'm guessing there's going to be a lot of people listening, unless you talk about it a lot, um, who haven't heard of Repurpose. But basically, it connects to your podcast host, and you can set up different automations from it. So when your episode goes live, it will create a graphic for that episode and push it out to all these different platforms. So for me, I have it take each of my new episodes and push it to my Facebook group, my Facebook page, um, and YouTube. And it creates the graphics and pushes it out automatically, um, which is so nice. And then it pulls the title and the episode description from the episode meta information you put in your podcast host. And it's incredible. I have it um, publish my full episodes on those platforms because, hey, if someone will listen like on Facebook or on YouTube, I'm cool with that. But you can also have it take snippets and publish it to different places. Uh, it also, I don't use it for this, but it will also do like uh, captioning for like Instagram. It'll post to other platforms like LinkedIn. It's amazing. It's always nice when you can automate your promotion process. Um, well, I've literally never heard of that before and I feel Uh, silly for not hearing about it. Okay. I have so many questions. (laughs) How does it like know what graphic to pull? Like, is it the general like podcast graphic that you put in or is it like episode specific? Yeah. So you, 
upload a template or you can use one of their templates uh-huh. and then it takes your episode title and overlays that on top. So it's different for each episode based oh on your Oh my gosh, template. what even? So yeah, now I need to go play around with this because it sounds really incredible. Enjoy. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, no, I've never, I've never heard of it and I've never talked about it before. So yes, this is definitely going to be new to most people probably listening since I've never mentioned it, but that, that's awesome. awesome. I love new tools. So no, that sounds great. Thanks for sharing that. Because yeah. I feel like everyone knows Asana. Yeah, right. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. And then lastly, what is your current favorite podcast? As podcasters, I know some of us really like to listen to podcasts. Other people are like, no, I just don't have time. But yep. I have to ask this because I am a podcast junkie. So yeah, I don't listen to very many pod- podcasts. But when I do, the first one I open up, is of course online marketing made easy by Amy Porterfield because where else would I go? Right, <laughs> my feelings at least. That's a good one. That's a good one. I'm I'm the same way. I love I love her podcast too. Yep. There's a couple other that I frequent, but yeah, hers is always one that I I love to go back to no matter what stage of business I'm in because it's not just for you know beginners or advanced people. Yeah. I think anyone can benefit from it. For sure. Yeah, and I mean they're just so actionable, and she's just so fun to listen to. That it's always a good go to. Yes, I, I, I agree 100%. So let everyone know where we can find you. So your website, your social media channels, and your podcast. Yeah, so I'm over at summitinabox.co. That's my main website. Uh, social media, I'm most active on Instagram at summitinabox. And you can find my podcast. It's called Summit Host Hangout on any podcast platform. I also have summithosthangout.com. Awesome. Yes. I will make sure to put everything in the show notes so you guys can go check Krista out. And thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much for having me. This is great. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. You can find all the details from this episode by going to www.savvypodcastingforentrepreneurs.com slash episode 146. If you want to hop on a free 20 minute call with me to chat all about podcasting, whether you're just starting, you need help growing your podcast, or you have any other questions related to podcasting, you can head to SavvyPodcastingForEntrepreneurs.com slash console and we can hop on a free call and chat about whatever your heart desires regarding podcasting. Um, if you have any questions, feel free to book a call with me and um, yeah, I will see you guys in the next episode. If you enjoyed listening to this episode, make sure to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast player like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher and leave a review. You can find us at SavvyPodcastingForEntrepreneurs.com and on Facebook and Instagram at SavvyPodcastingForEntrepreneurs. Make sure to join our free Facebook community for podcasters by going to SavvyPodcastingForEntrepreneurs.com slash community. See you in the next episode.